Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 10 of the Recruitment Intelligence Podcast. My name is Robert Gillespie and in today's episode I sit down with our CEO Gavin Spears to have a chat about the executive search recruitment process. We cover a lot in this episode including a look back in time at the old way of doing executive level recruitment. We also ask the question as to why has there been a significant increase in recent months in executive level recruitment and we also have a chat about how the process for hiring executive level talent has changed due to the rise in remote working and limited travel. We hope you enjoy the episode. Long time to see Gavin, how are you? I'm good, thanks Robert, how are you? Not bad, I think we both had a break last week actually, so we, yes, should, be nice yeah. and, we should be nice and refreshed. Relaxed. <laughs> I should be. Um, look, I want to talk today about executive search recruitment process or the executive <laughs> recruitment search process. Um, Something we've actually not spoken about on any of our podcasts up until now, but um, recently I've heard a lot more conversations around that kind of space recently, but without patronising anyone who's actually listening, because um, the audience mm-hmm. I'm sure know what that is, but for us, what do you classify as coming under the exec search banner? How do we define mm-hmm. it? So, I mean, I think, you know, in, in the sector, exec search is typically senior hires. So, you know, more visible hires in our organisation. Some would call it headhunting, some would call it retained. But for me, exec search is really at the higher end of, you know, organisations in terms of the hires that we make for those for those clients. And now I've only been in the recruitment space for probably a year now, but I used to always hear the term exec search and well, you would see it bandied about. <laughs> From your point of view, just a quick history lesson or look back at what is exec search or where's that come from? I mean, I think exec search has probably come from many, many years ago when either there, wa- there wasn't internal talent teams or, you know, companies couldn't identify talent, you know, before LinkedIn, before social, etc. So you really had, you know, headhunters, retained recruitment consultants, exec search consultants who were very much headhunting talent, phoning up organizations, trying to find the best talent for that role. I think, you know, nowadays the world's changed. So, you know, a lot of internal talent acquisition teams have that capability, technology. You know, we always talk about the world being smaller from from social, etc. So the term exec search for me, you know, has, has been kind of historic in terms of how traditional recruitment was was carried out. But the, the term has carried on and is still commonly known and commonly used at the senior end of the market. I think, you know, some some talk about business critical, some talk about exec search. I think for me, you know, you know, you could argue that every role an organization is hiring just now is business critical, you know, because of, you know, what's what's going on. Um, but business critical would usually be a bit wider than just the senior end of the market. That could be, you know, mid-hires, you know, pro- problem hires, etc. No, I mentioned at the beginning in terms of, I've heard, I mean, I, I sit in quite a lot of the sales and market meetings clearly, but there's been a spike. I seem to hear this, the executive search term getting mentioned a lot. And when I was speaking to Nikki, our colleague, you're saying there has been definitely a rise in those types of conversations. Any reasons why you think that's happening? Um, I mean, I think a couple of things. I think organisations are, are kind of looking at their, their own talent at the moment. So there's there's definitely more talk about internal mobility, you know, and, and companies saying, OK, do we have the right talent to be, pe- be best positioned coming out of COVID? And I think as a result, if there are gaps in the organisation, then they're looking saying, OK, you know, what type of leader do we need, you know, post-COVID to, to drive the organisation? We're also seeing quite a, a, an increase in confidential hiring. So hiring where you know, the, the, maybe the organization is restructuring, you know, they're looking at, you know, different alternatives. Um, and usually, you know, that kind of confidential or executive, you know, hiring um, are, are the areas that we are, we are supporting quite a lot of clients on just now. So jumping into the processes, I suppose then, what, 
What makes recruiting for an executive search level candidate different to, say, a mid to senior level manager? So I put a post on LinkedIn a few months ago that was almost challenging that because technically I don't think it should be a different process, which I'll talk about later. But one, there, there is one kind of key difference, and it's usually visibility and impact to the organisation. So, you know, if you're if you're looking at hiring a, a C-level person or a VP-level person, you would expect that that person has a bigger impact, you know, in the in the organisation, you know, as a whole. So, I think as a result of that, and um, you know, for me, there's probably more, you know, focus. There's more visibility. There's more awareness of, you know, who's involved in in that process. But the process itself. You know, shouldn't change too much. I mean, ultimately, you still want to be hiring top talent. You know, whether it's an exec search role or a mid management role, you still want to be, you know, looking at diverse candidates. You still want to be providing insights, you know, in the recruitment process. But the the thing that probably does make the difference is the impact that person has on an organisation. And we talk, you know, with our clients that when any client is hiring a very senior hire, there's a few things they need to be, you know, looking and saying, you know, yeah, we want to hire top talent. But also, are we a top hiring team? You know, will top talent look at us and say they're a great organisation to be working for? And and also, you know, we look and say, you know, when a, when a senior hire is made for an organisation, there probably will be some impact or change, you know, with that new hire coming in, slightly different direction strategy, you know, new way of working. So there's also the impact of that change that organisations need to need to think about as well. So. What's your current views on the exec search process? I'm going to, again, not someone who's been in the recruitment space for that long, but I've heard, the, you hear the term old boys network getting bandied about a bit and people when they're recruiting, they're screening their old network and finding the best candidates that have moved from one company to another. I mean, is that just a myth or what's your views? I think historically that was probably true. You know, I mean, I think people did rely heavily in their network saying, I know person X and I know company Y and I'll, I'll keep kind of moving around the, the same people. Um, I think that's probably not as true now. I mean, you know, d- don't get me wrong, there are some very, very good exec search organisations out there. Um, but I think historically, you know, retained recruiters did rely too much on their network. Whereas I think now they've been forced to use the process, use technology and really, you know, I guess, raise the bar in terms of the, the quality of the uh, and the calibre of the talent that they're bringing their clients. And who's typically doing this search? This was something I was I had to think hard and long about the other week there. But actually, who... You've clearly got internal talent teams or you've got HR or hiring managers, etc. But who's actually hiring for exec search talent? Who's doing that? Usually usually exec search recruiters, so usually external recruiters. Now, don't get me wrong, again, there's some TA teams that have the internal capability. Um, but I think there's two things. I think you know many organisations almost want to outsource the, the, the worry of hiring such a senior role to specialist organisations that do it. Um, and sometimes if the role, for example, is confidential, it's actually mm. very difficult for one of the internal team to be kind of carrying that activity out, you know, fully. So I think that's when the exec search type recruiters, you know, get, get involved in processes. I mean, I think from my point of view, if we if we look at the process, one of the things that frustrates me a bit about recruitment in general, but but even even more so at the senior end is, you know, if, if we're hiring, let's say, a VP of sales or a chief revenue officer, you know that the function sales in that organisation will have you know, many milestones, many metrics, many timelines. And if they are you know, prospecting or trying to win a new bit of business, they will put a plan in place to say, OK, we need to put a proposal on this date. We expect a follow up on this day. Who's involved? Who's accountable, etc. Whereas sometimes you know, when the recruitment process is in play, there is less 
kind of structure and rigor around that process. So one of the things we really try hard to kind of embed and support with clients is that process, that accountability. And I think it's even more important at a senior end when, as I said, there's more visibility, there's more impact, you know, there are more senior people in the organization aware. So I think one of our strengths is actually helping that the client, you know, really map out the process and also put very clear timelines on, you know, when we as the recruiter has to deliver, you know, along that along that journey. I might be jumping about a bit, but we've heard, I've heard recently a lot about internal mobility and using the exec search process almost as a benchmarking type tool. Can you talk a wee bit about that? Yeah, I mean, I think, so again, as I said a moment ago, because of what's going on, many clients are looking internally first, and it makes mm -hmm. sense, you know, absolutely. Plus, it also gives, you know, good employees the opportunity to move across division, you know, cross region, etc. So again, you know, very, very good idea. I think as a result of I guess employees and hires being critical right now, you know, and people saying we need to make the right hire or we need to make the right appointment. We have had quite a few organisations that have said, you know, we believe we have a strong candidate internally, but we want to benchmark and compare against some external candidates. Mm -hmm. and we've had examples of where, you know, clients have continued with the internal employee or have actually used that exercise and said, no, actually, you know, we feel because of the importance of this role, you know, we're going to put some um, kind of performance planning in place for the internal person, but on this occasion, the external is, is stronger. So from our point of view, you know, we're being used, as we normally would have been, to fill roles for clients, you know, at a senior confidential level, but also benchmarking, you know, against internal talent. And what about, I mean, clearly a lot of people are working at home now across the globe. How's, I mean, I mean we've been doing this for a long time now, but how do you think the process has changed with so many people remote, they can't fly to interviews. Um, what do you think has been changing? So I think, I mean, if, if I talk in the kind of eyes of the recruiter first, I mean, if I take a step back, if I'm talking about exec search and I'm, and I'm speaking to a client that's looking to choose an exec search partner, the first thing I would be saying is, you know, you really need to pick the best partner as opposed to the best partner that you know, right? Because in the exec search space, there is a lot of, we've used company X for a while, Therefore, you know, they, they're the best organisation. We would challenge that just now to say, make sure that you're really, really evaluating who the best partner is for, for the role. Um, and also, you know, one of the things we say to clients is when they're evaluating us is if we can't give them confidence in, in terms of how we're going to sell to candidates and how we're going to portray their organisation, then, you know, there's an argument that we're not the right partner. So, again, that piece for me is really important just now, mm -hmm. because as we lead on to your question, you know, in some ways you could say, Engaging with talent, you know, and, 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 and getting time to speak to talent just now is a bit easier than it has been. Why? Because more people are working from home. You know, more people are used to video calls. Whereas if you, if you go back six, seven months ago, your, your first engagement with a candidate was probably, you know, having a phone call and having a discussion. There's a higher chance now that you've got an opportunity to engage, you know, in person through, through video, etc. So I think that's been a benefit. I think the disadvantage, however, is... You know, I do think top talent, if you think about it, top talent is usually performing very well in their organisation, you know, is usually highly thought of, is very much part of that organisation. And right now, I think through the last six months, that talent is probably even more passive than it was six months ago. So one of the challenges I think the exec search recruiters have is how do we really attract and engage that passive talent right now when... You know, they're probably feeling the love from their, their own organisation, 
you know, and, and what do we do to kind of shift them to have a discussion about a new opportunity? One of the things I, I've talked about quite a lot recently is if I'm speaking to a very senior candidate who, let's say, is performing well in their current organisation, and it is very much asking me, well, what's in it for me? Why would I, why would I consider a move just now? I usually say, well, if, if this organisation is hiring right now through COVID, through difficult times, it tells you how important this role is to that client. And secondly, you know, you joining at this time could actually mean you've got even more visibility, you know, given given where that organisation is. So I think there's just it's important to really find the right hooks. But I do believe, you know, fundamentally that passive talent right now is probably more passive than it was, you know, six seven months ago. We wrote, uh, <coughs> excuse me, we wrote a blog post recently because I was talking about the reason why I was asking about the remote remote process was about the benefit of having kind of personality trait tools. Like, I mean, we use Thomas International. Um, and we talked about in the blog post about how it can help slightly to, kind of suppose, remove that gut feel about candidates because you've not you've not met them face to face. It's very hard. I mean, me and you are talking just now, but you could be recruiting for someone in the US when you're based in Europe, and you just it's all done by video. And I've seen so many articles with companies saying, "Hey, we've hired our next CFO, and it was done remotely. I've never met them yet." Um, yep. What do you think about using tools like that to help? Do you think it does help in the process? especially with that gut feel when you can only literally do what we are doing just now? I think it does. I mean, absolutely. I think it just adds another dimension to get to understand that candidate a bit more detail. I mean, we've, I'll come back to the kind of behavioural profiling in a, in a moment, but we've seen, you know, clients who previously would have taken, you know, preferred candidates to lunch, get to know them informally, etc., have obviously mm. not been able to do that. You know, we, we've seen, you know, senior candidates saying, I really want to see and meet the organisations, so team calls, etc., etc., but I think that, I mean, ultimately, in a recruitment process, there's a mixture of art and science. And I think, again, at the exec search level, that's very important. You know, you can't make the process so scientific that the person then just doesn't fit from that gut feel, gut feel cultural you know, aspect. So what we try and do is blend the art and the science in, in senior hiring for, for, our, for our clients. And, and one of the ways that we do that is the behavioral profiling. So we look and say, you know, what, what are the kind of traits you're looking for as an organization? And how does this you know, candidate compare to that? And I think what it does is it gives clients, to your point, you know, just a bit more comfort that you know, they, they've done a bit more kind of behind the scenes checking on that candidate, what motivates them, what's their drivers, et cetera. We talk about you know, three things. So we say, you know, does, does the person have the right experience and skills? You know, and that's, that's a key element to, to when they're hiring you know, top talent. Um, do, do, they, do they culturally fit? To the organisation, and then thirdly, you know, do they have the right motivators? You know, are they motivated by the right things, the right drivers that again fits that organisation? So I think behavioural profiling just adds to that and helps you, kind of, you know, make sure you've you've covered the bases. Oh, great. Now, for those watching on video, you've got a big banner behind you about recruitment process intelligence, um, and it's something we've launched recently. But from our side, or quite, what I'm curious about is more. On this one specifically, we've talked about processes so far, but the intelligence side of things. How do you think surfacing those insights throughout that process can help with when you're when you're carrying out an executive search kind of recruitment process? So I think I mean typically exec search is more specific than a kind of mid or junior search. What I mean by that is, you know, should the candidate come from the specific sector, from a competitor, etc. And that's where the term headhunting comes from. You know, i.e. we need to headhunt talent from company. A, B, and C. I think from an intelligence point of view, if I just kind of look through our 
typical process. Really, at the, at the early part of the process, we're providing intelligence on, first of all, who are the competitors, mapping out the market, mapping out the sector, you know, looking at the kind of movers and shakers in that sector to say, OK, you know, we can identify that this organisation has progressed really well you know, over the last three years from a sales point of view. You know, maybe sales talent in that organisation is where we need to where we need to focus on. So really, that kind of front end insights to say, here is the sector, here is the mapping of you know what your what your direct and indirect competitors are doing in the space. Then we'll almost get to role intelligence. So we'll start saying, okay, for this level of role, you know, we would expect this level of salary, this level of comp, this care, this this kind of level of long term incentive, etc. Again, to help the organisation map out. Are they competitive from a role and salary and comp point of view? Um, and then, you know, moving into the, the process, when we get halfway through our search, we're providing insights into, you know, here are here are the, the, the types of candidates we're speaking to. Here's what they're saying about your organization. Here's what they you know feel when they look at your brand, you know, the diversity of that talent, you know, where are they where are they coming from, etc. And then right at the end, when we've concluded the process, we almost do a kind of summary of intelligence back to the client that just basically says, you know, not only are we, have we filled the role, but here's insights that you can take with you, you know, mm -hmm. around your brand, around your positioning, around your competitor analysis, et cetera. So that's where, you know, taking RPI, um, you know, and I know I've talked about this before, but it is simply a recruitment process with intelligence. And we feel that at the exec search space, not only is the process really important, that the stakeholders are really accountable, bought in, that it's measured, that we know when we need to, to deliver, but also that we're providing, you know, that intelligence to the hiring panel. Excellent. Um, one of my favourite topics, pricing. Um, we recently, again, we launched the website. This sounds like self-promotion, but we recently launched the website and we put pricing on the website, which I'm not aware of any other recruitment, external kind of recruitment companies like ourselves have pricing on their website. And I know it's also something you were quite passionate about because you put a LinkedIn post about it uh, maybe a month or so ago. And you talked about, and it's something I agree with heavily, where why should you pay charge a higher percentage fee for carrying out an executive search when probably by default the salary is going to be higher so you're going to earn a higher fee if you, if you had a standard fee yep. just i'm curious again just what you what you were thinking yeah i mean i got a bit of pushback in that linkedin uh, post <laughs> i remember a few comments that um, i had to, had to reply to i mean i think you know i, I understood that the argument of to what I said earlier, you know, in this in this level of role, it's the impact, it's the price of not getting it right, it's the price of the organisation, you know, being impacted as a, as a result of the bad hire. But for me, all of that is still taken into account by the percentage being based on a usually much higher salary. So from a solutions-driven point of view, why did we put pricing on our website? One, because not many other people do it. Two, because... You know, it is, it is a bit of an unknown in that exec search space. There are still many providers that I think are charging a premium when really, you know, a, a, a good level of percentage is, is good enough. And um, so what we've tried to do in that is really say, this is why we are different based on kind of features and benefits, but also from a pricing point of view, you know, it doesn't feel right to increase the percentage when also, you know, the salary of those roles are, mm. are usually higher. No, can't agree more. So... Spoke about quite a bit here. So, is there something that quick way of rounding it all up? Is there like three or four or five? Pick your number, but almost kind of a summary of what do you think makes up a good executive search recruitment process? So, I mean, I think I'll, I'll jump back a bit again, just to almost to kind of four or five things I would 
suggest clients do when they're when they're looking at you know exec search providers. I mean, I think first of all, people buy from people. So you know, if, if a client is evaluating a, a provider, I think they need to be saying, could I work with this person? You know, can this person add value that I can't do myself? Point one. I think secondly, you know, be looking and saying, okay, you know, um, don't just keep using the same partner if you don't feel fully satisfied. You know, with with that partner, look at look at alternatives. Um, and and then also, you know, historically, I think that exec search has been usually expensive, usually a longer process. Clients feel very locked in once they choose that partner. I think that has to change. You know, I think from our point of view, we're offering a bit more of a fresh approach around pricing, you know, speed of response, speed of delivery, and also the kind of less locked in feeling. And then the, the, one of the other things I look at and say is, you know, if, if we're hiring a, a senior leader in the organisation, we're, we're technically responsible for impacting that organisation's revenue. So, you know, it's really important when they're, when they're hiring a partner that they're looking and saying, do I trust this person, this organisation, because I'm actually putting a lot you know, of eggs in, in that basket. For example, if that CRO is responsible for $300 million you know, revenue, as an example, then getting that wrong has a significant impact. Mm. So I think it's just about, you know, as I said at the start, the impact of exec search is usually greater than you know, any other recruitment search. So really validating the partner that you choose. And then lastly, holding that partner accountable. Yeah, and I think it's two-way accountability. It's not all about, you know, the, the recruiter has to do everything, but really mapping out, you know, what are the measures of success? Is it timelines? Do we need to hit a certain timeline? Is it the diversity of the candidates? Is it the quality of the candidates? Is it the high potential of the candidates, etc.? Really making sure that you've really partnered and milestoned what you expect in that in that process. That excellent. I mean, accountability. You said at the very end, super super important. Mm-hmm. As always. Thanks very much for your time. And no worries. We'll catch up with you soon. Super. Thanks, Robert. Take care. Have a good one. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.